Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories I'm going to share with you today are of interest and you want to check them out for yourself, just go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org. Let's jump in with our first story of the week, Acceptance Saves Lives. A new study led by Amy Green found that among LGBT youth aged 13 to 24, those who were highly accepted by at least one adult had almost 40% lower odds of having attempted suicide within the past year compared to their peers without such acceptance. Acceptance from parents was the most impactful form of acceptance, while acceptance from non-LGBT peers also made a big difference according to the study. Next up, ACEs impacting LGB folks. Related to our first uh, story of the week, researchers led by Sean Esteban McCabe found that sexual minorities experience more adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, than do their heterosexual peers. They also found that these individuals were at higher risk for comorbid substance use and mental health disorders. So I say that this is related to our first story of the week because there, you know, we see that acceptance of LGBT youth was making a difference uh, in terms of mental health. And here we see that the the kind of reverse is true, that when youth are going through a lot of what, what are called adverse childhood experiences, um, that, you know, that is having an impact on their mental health as well. And we see here in this study that LGB um, youth are experiencing more of these adverse experiences that are, you know, coming up later in life. The study further found that bisexual women were particularly affected. 43.8% of bi women in the study reported having four or more adverse childhood experiences. And this is the first uh, nationally representative study of its kind. So definitely um, very interesting, although, you know, upsetting um, results to see that LGB uh, people are being impacted by these experiences. One more thing to know about this study is that this was looking at, you know, adults looking back at their childhood. So we don't know, hopefully, you know, perhaps we can think that with, with more acceptance, maybe this is going to change. On the other hand, we know that youth are, are coming out a lot more um, earlier in life. And so, you know, that may mean that they're kind of experiencing more adversity uh, at the same time. So just an interesting thing to keep in mind as we look at this research. Next up, data promise falls short. Los Angeles Magazine reported that while California made headlines months ago for its new law that said it would collect LGBT data during its COVID-19 testing and tracing, which is a story that we covered here on the podcast, they report that the state is still not doing so. People continue to say that they are not being asked their sexual orientation or gender identity when they're being tested. If you've been tested for COVID-19 yourself, you may know that you know they, they ask questions like your, your sex or your gender. They ask um, perhaps about your race or ethnicity. They're supposed to be asking about that. Uh, and so folks in California are saying that they're still not getting asked about their sexual orientation or gender identities. So the state is not actually tracking this information. Now, kind of singling out California in this story, but, you know, 
California made headlines for being uh, one of the few jurisdictions uh, to actually go ahead and make progress on this front. So, you know, kind of calling them out, but also this story really highlights the fact that uh, that the rest of the country also has really lagged behind and that this is going to have lasting consequences. It's going to be really hard to go back retroactively and try to figure out what the impact was on LGBT folks. And if we don't know that, then we can't really do what we need to do to move forward as a, as a society and, um, you know, improve things uh, the next time that, you know, there's some kind of public health emergency like this. Our next story looks at eating disorders outside the binary. A new study led by Jason Nagata explored eating disorders and related issues among gender expansive individuals, basically meaning folks who, you know, are, could refer to them as non-binary, just folks who don't identify strictly as male or female exclusively. The study found that there were no statistical differences based on sex assigned at birth among gender expansive folks, which I thought was really interesting because, of course, there are major differences. You know, when we look at cisgender folks, um, you know, cisgender men versus cisgender women, there are big differences in terms of their experiences with, with eating disorders and, and related issues. Same thing when we look at trans folks, there are differences between trans men and trans women. But here, when we're looking at non-binary folks, the sex assigned at birth didn't make a statistical difference in the different kinds of measures that they were looking at, which is really interesting to me. The study also found that gender expansive folks kind of fell in between um, different demographics in terms of their risk factors uh, around things um, like eating disorders and body shape issues. So they found, for example, that gender expansive folks had lower concerns about body shape and eating restraints than did transgender women, but they had higher rates than did cisgender men on some of these same markers. Next up, same-sex couple denied surrogacy benefits. LGBTQ Nation reported on a gay couple who were denied insurance coverage of surrogacy costs because they are both men, even though the same treatment is covered for heterosexual couples and even, interestingly, for same-sex female couples. The couple says that their official reason for the denial was that they are in a quote-unquote male-male relationship. Very puzzling uh, and disturbing to hear. The couple is currently exploring legal action against the insurer. And it's just another example, like many things that we've covered uh, here on the podcast, about the fact that while we may have um, equality on paper in terms of things like same-sex marriage, and while we may be making progress on things like transgender discrimination being recognized as being illegal under existing law, there are still so many instances of people not being able to get the health care that they need. And this This one, I have to say, has one of the most odd and (laughs) directly discriminatory uh, reasons that was given to the couple of the uh, examples that I have heard. And finally for this week, fund assists those who are struggling through pandemic. UNAIDS announced a new fund that will help key populations of people living with HIV, including LGBT folks, who are struggling because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The fund is being piloted in five countries with the hope of expanding it beyond those. And these are, you know, lower and and middle income countries that we're talking about. And it's going to social entrepreneurs and small business people um, who are in these kind of key populations of of folks living with HIV. And, uh, you know, we're we're really talking about um, people who are kind of informally employed, um, you know, which is a really uh, hard hit sector, uh, especially in lower and middle income countries. Uh, So really interesting um, to see this tact being taken uh, and something that hopefully will get expanded in the months ahead. 
Well, that does it for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. And if you can believe it or not, it's our last regular roundup of 2020. Uh, Next time, we'll be bringing you a kind of year-end review of some of the big stories that we've covered this year. Um, But this is our last regular roundup of 2020. So it's been a very challenging year, um, but one with a lot of very important uh, LGBT and non-LGBT health news. So thanks for listening this week. And always, uh, if you would like to check out any of the stories that we have shared, you can go over to blog lgbthealthlink.org and find this week's roundup and all of our past roundups there. Tune in next week for our final uh, edition of 2020. Stay safe and thanks for listening.